How many times has it happened where you've done an open style workout and then realized that, oh man, I haven't done these movements together before, or maybe not in the format that they showed up. Um, so for example, like how many people actually have done pistols and cleaning jerks together before 20.4 came out just because they, you know, they didn't even practice those unique combinations of movements. So let's flip that and say that you've been meaning to improve your one rep max snatch for the last um, 18 months, but you only snatch heavy once a week and you mainly do conditioning based metcons in a class format. So that's just as much of an issue. Like you're not actually working on what you need to work on. So it comes down to balancing a regimented calculated plan with the unknown, unknowable nature of the sport of fitness. It's about striking a balance in structure versus variety. Hey, it's Ben Wise, and this is The Fitness Movement. Hey, it's Ben again. The Fitness Movement is brought to you by Zor Fitness. Zor Fitness is my company and my platform to deliver training-related content to people just like you. The site features in-depth articles, movement breakdowns, and our online training program, The Protocol. And I offer one-on-one remote coaching for fitness athletes. So I hope you check it out. Head over to ZorFitness.com. That's Z-O-A-R Fitness.com. See you there. And welcome back to my rant on structure versus variety and programming for CrossFit. Uh, So today's outline, I want to go over first definitions of structure and variety. So technically, you know, dictionary definitions to start off and then more so working definitions, how I'm going to be using it in the context of the conversation today. Um, Then after I do that, we'll go into some pros and cons of each of these. So basically thinking about um, the benefits or uh, potential costs of structure in uh, a training program versus those same benefits or costs for variety within a a training program. And then lastly, we're going to take that and try to dissect as to how we can blend these into a comprehensive training program. So You know, maybe in what types of cycles and what environments is structure a higher priority or is variety maybe a higher priority? Um, So thinking about how we can balance these two elements. So let's jump into the definitions. The first thing is structure. So the dictionary definition of structure is something arranged into a definite pattern of organization. There's a very clear outline or scaffolding um, effect that happens with structure that doesn't happen with variety. So if we think about variety, variety, the dictionary definition is the quality or state of having different forms or types. So for example, if we take varieties of uh, a snatch, we could do a power snatch, a squat snatch, a hang power snatch. Um, we could do snatch pulls. We could do um, snatch balances or snaps drops or overhead squats. These are all variations of the snatch and exercises variety is just one type of variety. We could do that within the structure of the week or the length of the workouts or the types of pairings that we're doing, or you name it. There's a million different things that we could change in terms of variety. So let's go into some working definitions. My definition of structure, the way I'm thinking about it for this conversation is metrics like volume, load, density, or more so carefully selected and progressed linearly over a period of time for improving specific movements. So it's much more calculated and much more clearly defined and regimented than it might be if something had low structure. And in my working definition of variety, it's doses of patterns, volume, load, or density undulate, mimicking the testing body of the sport. So they're not really holding to a specific pattern 
or a outline. And this seems to be a little bit more relaxed or just overall less regimented um, to a degree. So even a very structured plan has variety built into it. And even a very varied plan um, has will have structure to it. So let's say that you're only doing running training where um, the only thing that you really care about and the only metrics that you really pay attention to is your running performance. There still can be quite a variety within that. So it could be uh, maybe a time domain that you're running at. So are you doing sprinting versus long distance running? Are you doing um, running on a track with spikes or are you running on a trail um, which involves a different type of shoe and a different type of cadence? Are you running exclusively with running or are you going to start to pair that with other things? So even within, if you're only doing one single thing, which seems like that is extremely structured, there's quite a bit of variety that can be naturally built into that. Or you could flip that around where someone's only doing Metcons every day. Uh, so maybe five days a week, they're, they're doing Metcons and that is something inherently has a lot of variety, but even within that, there's a lot of structure. So um, the movements, the reps, the loading may not be necessarily literally progressing or closely tracked even, um, but you're still having some consistency because number one, you're doing Metcons every day, but you're also probably doing maybe the same 25 to 30 exercises a lot of the time where you're involving a barbells and certain bodyweight movements a lot. Like you're probably doing a lot of burpees or box jumps or wall balls or other things like that just because there's consistency within the exercise selection. There's consistency in maybe the time demands or the types of intervals that are coming up. So even within a very varied plan, there is a lot of structure that can take place. So the debate today isn't if we should pit one of these against each other. Um, They're not versus each other, but where on the spectrum of extremely structured versus extremely varied should your training fall? So let's go into pros and cons of each of these within a training structure. Uh, So first we'll go into advantages of structure. So really here, the variables are really easy to measure. So in other words, you can really easily track um, how many snatches you're doing a week if you're doing a set weightlifting program or how many cleaning jerks you're doing above 70% or something like that. And it, it's really easy to begin to track your intensity, be able to track your volume of things, um, to be able to track all the different metrics. And as a result of that, another advantage here is that you can make adjustments to the program fairly easily if something's going wrong. So for example, you can say, oh man, my knees are feeling a little beat up. Oh, I can look at the number of hard sets I'm doing in squatting per week. And I maybe I can lower the total number of sets that I'm doing in terms of squatting or just raise the, the intensity of that so the volume can be a little bit lower. And then hopefully my knees feel a little better. It's a pretty simple equation for um, changing these metrics. Or for example, if your back squat hasn't gone up in two years, you can look back to your past training and can fairly easily reverse engineer what was going on during that particular time in your training to be able to apply it to what's going on now so that you can continue to improve your back squat. It's not necessarily saying that um, your back squat will get better by doing what you did in the past, but you can very easily reverse engineer things that have worked in the past. If you can very easily see what was actually going on in your training during that time, because it had a high level of structure, whereas if something was greatly varying, it's a lot harder to determine what um, specific things actually contributed to you getting better during that time. So some of the disadvantages of structure, the main thing I would say is that the sport of fitness isn't highly structured. So for example, if you are only training a single movement at a time, so for example, maybe you do snatch clusters and then you move to front squats and then you do um, strict upper body pulling and you're moving from A to B to C 
down through your program and it's very regimented and specific, but you can probably make good progress with that. But the other thing is you don't get experience of how those interplay with one another. So you don't get those unique moving combinations, which is the sport. Like that's something that is necessary for the sport. So then some people try to get very structured about how they program certain movements, pairings together. So for example, oh yeah, if we know that um, handstand pushups and deadlifts show up a lot in the open, we're going to start to program those two together, which actually is a super helpful thing because statistically speaking, those are there are certain movements that just come up way more often um, in terms of pairings. However, this is certainly limited because there are thousands of potential combinations in Metcon, so you can never hit all the movement pairings, uh, especially if you're going beyond couplet. So if you're only doing like two um, movements at a time, okay, maybe you can do quite a few of the, the main ones. Maybe you do like thrusters and pull-ups. Um, you could do um, handstand push-ups and deadlifts. You could do rowing and wall balls. But you have to realize that's only a certain number of potential tests within a body of tests. So there's way too many combinations of movements that could happen that you're never going to be able to hit all those in a structured way in the sport. So there's just far too many combinations of movements where you could not possibly hit all of those if you're trying to do that in a structured way. So some of the advantages of variety are that you're more likely to hit more combinations of movements within a given training week or cycle just because you're going to get more novel combinations. And that's how the sport is tested. So it's probably slightly more sport specific in that sense. However, a disadvantage of that is that you probably won't get significantly better at any single metric unless you're you know, starting to actually tailor your training towards a specific metric. And then by definition, you're getting more structured as you're doing that. So you're moving away from variety. So let's make this more clear. If you're not getting better in your varied program at maybe doing muscle-ups and metcons, then you really have no clear way of actually getting better at muscle-ups besides just maybe throwing them in a little bit more often into your programming. And while that works for people who are maybe at a higher level or really athletic or um, you know maybe just gifted is the right word, um, that's not going to work for a lot of people. So um, progressing is super challenging if you're doing a highly varied program and almost by nature, if you start progressing something, then your training is less varied. You're, you're moving towards a structured program by actually progressing and doing something that's a little bit more linear or for lack of a better word, structured. So then if we go to our last section, let's think about how we can blend these together into a comprehensive training program. So the solution that I'm proposing is that different training phases should have different amounts of structure and variety. Now I have a diagram that I put on the site in the show notes to illustrate this, where I have different training phases on a graph where the, the X axis is variety and the Y axis is structure. And you can see where these different training phases are supposed to fit in this matrix of structure and variety. Um, so you can check that out at zorfitness.com slash podcast slash 033. So I'll walk you through each one of these and give you a brief um, explanation for each. So the first one is competition prep. And in competition prep, you need high variety because that's how the sport is tested and you're preparing for the testing of the sport. However, you still need to be able to work on some of the things that you personally are not as good at unless you're an elite athlete and most of your skills are pretty refined. You're just putting touches on things. That's not the case for most people. Like Most people need to at least have moderate structure built into competition prep so that they continue to get better at the things that they particularly are lacking at. So for example, say you're strong enough in weightlifting movements and um, cyclical activities, but you're um, not as good at gymnastics, you might need to continue to do um, fatigued muscle-up progressions, things like that, as you get closer to competition, which will still involve higher levels of structure, even though you're getting close to competition where 
which you are likely to get a highly varied number of tests. So in competition prep, we're thinking high variety, moderate structure. In an actual competition phase then where you're in the middle of competing, like think of it as during the five weeks of the open, you need pretty low variety because you really don't want to be getting sore. You want things to be pretty predictable and you know how you're going to respond to the the training that you're giving yourself and that you can continue to work on touches of certain movements that you haven't seen yet where you have a very high likelihood of seeing those movements. So if it's week four of the open and you still haven't done thrusters and pull-ups, I would spend a lot of time prepping yourself to get ready for those movements. This doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be doing those movements specifically because that could actually wear you down more. However, starting to think about how you can improve those specific movements that you'll need in a competition. So in a competition phase, low variety, high structure. So it's much like it would actually be a limiter phase or an off-season phase where you're working on your weaknesses, where this is a very structured time in your training. If we move to post-competition recovery, so you just got done with, let's just stick with the example of the Open. You just finished the Open, um, so it's now March, and you have, for most people, an off-season. So this is a, um, rather than saying off-season, a lot of people think of off-season as um, actually training. I'm thinking about this as a post-competition recovery. So they're actually doing things that are very low structure and extremely high variety to keep things fresh, to have um, your mental side be recovered and your body also just be recovered from um, the the repetitive stressors that you've gotten over the course of the last, uh, you know, maybe 16 weeks of um, bridge competition prep and actual competition. So the goal here is to have Um, you just doing a lot of things that you maybe normally would not do just for the sake of variety from a mental and physical perspective. Then if we go into off season, which what I would consider to be a a limiter phase, or you could call it like working weaknesses. And here you're going to have low variety and high structure. So you really focus on getting as many touches as the things of the things that you're not as good at during that time. And as a result of that, you are just not going to be having touches of the things that you are pretty good at already and you don't need as much work on. So the goal is just to maintain a lot of the qualities that you have while you improve and build upon other ones. And you can really only do that if you are tailoring your training to it. So it's much more regimented and highly structured in an off-season format. Then you're going to bridge and start to hit maybe more of a transitional phase, you might call it, where this is going to be moderate variety and moderate structure. Um, so you're going to take the very high structure of the off season and you're going to start to blend that into a more comprehensive program where you're hitting some of the things that you did not hit as often. You're going to start to take your energy systems work or your strength work and actually blend that into things that look a little bit closer to Metcon. So maybe it's mixed intervals or maybe it's broken Metcons where you, you stop every once in a while to recover and really you're just starting to move towards competition prep again. So those are the different phases that could show up in your programming. A few things to think about when you're working weaknesses, you're going to need lots of structure because if you're trying to improve a specific metric, that's the only way that you're actually going to improve it is by giving it focused work. And if you're giving it focused work, it can't just be random, right? So by nature, if something is focused, it is not random. Um, so we have to really be calculated in the doses and surgical in how you go about um, attacking those weaknesses. And then when you're getting to compete, this is the other part of this, you need lots of variety because you need to prepare for the chaotic testing body of the sport. And that's really the two things that you have to think about. Structure when you're trying to improve a specific metric and then incorporating as much variety while continuing to improve those specific metrics that you know you need to improve um, as you get close to competing. So I want to stay on these training phases and give some examples um, of 
um, a weekly outline or template as to what you could use uh, for each of these different um, training phases. So for example, what should an off-season training phase or what could an off-season training phase look like um, day to day? What potentially could someone be doing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, like your hard training days? What is it going to look like? So that's sort of the goal. I'm going to go through each of those different phases. So off season, the the bridge or transition phase, then to competition prep, then the actual competition phase itself, um, then to a post competition recovery phase. So as we go through each of these, these are just examples. Keep that in mind. And it's just something where I want to have you be able to see the differences between the off season phase that someone could be doing to a competition prep phase that someone could be doing, because those are kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. And then everything else is blending um, those uh, shades between that. So let's jump into the first one and it will hopefully make more sense once I actually get into this. So this is an off-season phase where someone could be working on their limiters and weaknesses. Again, this is low variety, high structure. Um, so for example, let's say this person is trying to develop their weightlifting numbers and their gymnastics capacity um, while just trying to maintain some conditioning, which is the case for a lot of people, um, competitors especially, they're trying to drive up their one rep maxes and just maintain conditioning during this period. So Monday could be snatch percentage work secondary hinges, so things like pulls or deadlifts, and then it may be a bar muscle up volume progression where week one, maybe you're doing um, 20 total reps over the course of maybe just say it's 10 or 15 minutes, and then that continues to build. So it's like 15 to 18 to 21, and that volume continues to build. And then maybe a transitional phase that might move to something else, but for now, it's just a volume progression. Tuesday could be clean jerk percentage work followed by back squats and strict dips. So very regimented. You know exactly what exercises you're doing. Um, You know about the intensity that those are going at. Um, You know exactly what patterns are being tested there. And there's very little variety from week to week. Like you're still going to be doing clean jerk percentage work when you come back next Tuesday. The next Tuesday after that, guess what? You're still doing clean jerk percentage work. It's very static, structured, consistent, linear, and that's going to progress over time. Wednesday, you're back to snatch percentage work. Um, we could do strict chest to bar pulling now and then some erg based cyclical work to continue to work or at least maintain that conditioning. Friday could be powers, so that could be snatch and cleaning jerk, front squat, and then some oldie pulls as some secondary assistance work. And then Saturday could be uh, you're very close to a max day or a heavy day um, where you're doing a heavy snatch and a heavy clean jerk. And then you could follow that by some sport work with a Metcon, which there's the variety. You can see that a Metcon, it could be literally any number of movements. I mean, likely it's not going to be like heavy snatch or clean jerk, right? But beyond that, it could be barbell cycling, it could be gymnastics, it could be um, double unders or box jumps or other body weight movements. It could be, who knows, right? It could be more of a, a, a gymnastics element. It's really open-ended and that's on purpose because that's where the variety is. So that was that athlete's off season. So if we take that same athlete, we move them towards a bridge phase, a transitional phase, and this is where you're going to start to see more variety. So it's moderate variety and moderate structure. So we're keeping a lot of the structure, but we're starting to move um, more variety into this program so that it reflects the sport a little bit closer. Monday is interval work with chest bar pull-ups and a barbell movement. So that could be snatch, it could be clean jerk, um, it could be uh, deadlifts or front squats or any variation of a barbell. So even within this, we have a lot of variety built into by just saying it's a barbell and just saying it's an interval. Even though it's gymnastics with movement defined and barbell work, it's still pretty varied within that. Then Tuesday, it would be weightlifting battery work. 
uh, which is going to be pre-fatigued by cyclical work at a tempo. So in other words, maybe it's a 1K row into five squat cleans at 78% with a 15-second transition between. Rest three minutes after each one of those, and you're going to hit that for uh, four to five total sets. That would be a really solid session uh, for weightlifting battery work. And that could be something where the next week, maybe it's a clean and a jerk and it's a, a ski or it could be a 5K assault bike into squat cleans. There's a number of ways that you could orient that and make that change over time. However, it's the exact same format. So there's still quite a bit of structure built into that. Wednesday could be a back squat progression. So there's a very structured thing. It's just going to be a linear progression. Um, and then after that, you could go a Metcon with dumbbell movements. So what those dumbbell movements are paired with, or if they're paired with something is completely open-ended and up to that coach's creativity in that moment. Friday is going to be an EMOM of weightlifting and hanging gymnastics. So something we're hanging from the bar. So it could be toes to bar, um, bar muscle up. It could be chest to bar um, and a weightlifting movement once again. And then um, Saturdays where you're going to hit your weightlifting percentages. And then afterwards, you're going to hit another Metcon with inverted gymnastics. So once again, the only thing that's actually specified is that you're getting upside down. So maybe it's a handstand pushup. Maybe it's a strict handstand pushup. Maybe it's a handstand walk. Um, and then you could do any other movement within that. It could be a couplet. It could be a triplet. There's variety built into that. But every single time, you're going to get upside down in a Metcon on Saturday. Now we're going to take this athlete and move them into competition prep. So maybe we're uh, six to eight weeks out from their competition. Um, here, we're going to have a high amount of variety um, with moderate structure built into this. And really, it's just as much structure as they need to continue to progress at the things that they're um, weak at currently. And if there's something that's more severe and more likely to uh, trip them up in a competition, like, for example, someone doesn't have the first muscle up, but they're trying to qualify for an age group um, online qualifier. Um, that's something that would take a very high priority um, and be very focused and structured, even though they're in a competition prep phase where a lot of the other elements are going to be highly varied. Anyway, let's continue with this athlete Monday. They're going to be doing a broken Metcon with chest to bar or toes to bar. So it's very similar. We're still doing those hanging gymnastics, um, but now it's going from more interval formats to more of um, a, a more continuous work period. And a broken Metcon is just sort of a form of interval work that's a little bit longer, more close to mimicking a Metcon. Then Tuesday, they're going to go into weightlifting strength touches. So once again, they're still getting some weightlifting work every single week because we need to continue to maintain that strength that we developed in the offseason. Um, and then we're also going to do some barbell cycling on that day as well. So not just working on strength in relatively low fatigue environments uh, where you have time to set up and time to um, drop and reset and make everything look pretty, but we're also now taking that to um, barbell cycling where um, things are going to be touch and go or things are going to be light where you can move quicker and things are going to be under higher fatigue. Wednesday is going to be fatigued muscle up intervals. So um, this could be something that's very similar to like that the battery progression from last cycle where it was like that 1k uh, row into, you know, power cleans at 80% or something like that. We could do the same sort of idea for muscle up intervals. So maybe it's 20 bar facing burpees and 10 ring muscle ups rest three minutes. You're going to do that four times. Something like that where you're getting your heart rate up and starting to uh, create systemic or local fatigue that will actually interfere with the, the muscle ups. And after that, you're going to go into a Metcon. Um, it needs to be a couplet and one of the movements is going to be rowing. So maybe it's double unders and rowing. Maybe it's burpees and rowing. Maybe it's wall balls and rowing. Whatever it is, it's going to be rowing every single time. So you're getting doses of that every single week. There's your consistency and structure. However, there's still a lot of variety built into that. The time domain, the rep scheme, how things are going to look 
That is all going to vary week to week. Friday is going to be weightlifting strength touches. So for example, if snatch fit in well on Tuesday, you're probably going to see a clean jerk on Friday. Um, or someone's like super inconsistent with something like a snatch, but they're super consistent with clean jerk. Maybe they snatch both days. Uh, maybe they do, you know, a, a variation of that if their if their lifts are really technically proficient, but they just need to work on more so strength. So maybe it's like a, a snatch grip deadlift or something like that. And then after that, they're going to go into a mid-range burpee metcon. So mid-range meaning anywhere from maybe five to, to eight minutes. And so it's going to be much more of a lactic type interval. And besides that, you get to decide what that structure is going to look like. So maybe it's a chipper one week. Maybe it's an AMRAP the next week. Maybe it's a four time workout the next week up to you. Then Saturday is an open style workout, something like the name game that we do in the protocol, where it's very similar to what you're going to see in a online qualifiers type setting, like the open, and maybe for this person, you specify something like, uh, we're probably going to do a gymnastics and weightlifting couplet or a triplet that involves another movement, like a bodyweight movement, um, every single week. So every single time, because, um, the things like the open really don't involve a lot of other cyclical elements, we're going to mainly stick to gymnastics and weightlifting. And if someone's weak in those areas, that's a, you know, probably a pretty good strategy. So next we're going to move this athlete into the competition phase. Once again, just like the limiter phase, it's a low variety, high structure um, because we need to have all the elements under our control because we want to make sure this person's actually ready to go when they need to be ready to go. So on Monday, they're either going to be doing a retest. Um, so for example, like maybe they tested something on uh, Friday, they're going to retest then on Monday. Um, so they're either going to be retesting or they could do something like some strength work. So like maybe some back squat and then weightlifting strength percentage work. Tuesday, they're going to be doing muscle up skill work and skill touches in an interval format. So whatever things that you haven't gotten to in the open yet that you know you're likely to see are things that you're going to be doing um, just skill touches of. So maybe you haven't seen any sort of a box jump. So you're practicing different box jump um, variations. So you could be doing box jump overs and box jumps and burpee box jump overs and different variations like that, like a dumbbell way to step up. All different things that you could potentially see since you haven't seen that specific element yet in an open workout and you're highly likely to see that and that's just something where you need a coach to be able to tell you um, if things are likely to come up in an open setting um, statistically speaking thursday is going to be your active recovery day so you can do fully rested skill work where um, you're not tired when you're doing it in other words so maybe you still don't have your handstand walks it's a great time to practice your handstand walks in a completely unfatigued environment so complete rest before you attempt a new one you could be doing easy cyclical work. So like zone zero or zone one work, uh, less than 70% of your uh, heart rate, uh, max for sure. And then mobility work or like foam rolling would be great. Then Friday will be your testing day. And then Saturday and Sunday are probably going to be recovery days where you could be doing like easy cyclical work, um, and mobility work, movement work, things where you're, you're getting your body ready to go, especially if you're going to be retesting on Monday where you can uh, feel as normal as possible and as ready to go as possible. And you can certainly be doing video review and seeing how you can make up time and redo your strategy during those two days as well. And then lastly is post-competition recovery. So you're done with your competition. You're not getting back into training yet in a regimented sense. Um, so here, we just really want this person to have as much variance as they find enjoyable and really low structure. So, so likely a coach is just going to say, 
you know, do what you want over the next two weeks. Um, I'm not going to talk to you a whole lot unless you really want to. I'm not going to program you anything. Um, jump into class maybe once or twice a week if you feel up for it after another week or two off. If you want to do some like freestyles, what I would call it, like strongman work or bodybuilding stuff that's kind of fun and different than you're used to, great. And then lastly, I would just say like try to get outside to walk or kayak or bike and spend some time with your family um, that you haven't had as much time to do. Um, and the biggest thing as you're doing that, just make sure it's at a leisurely pace and that you're not trying to get a really solid workout in, um, is that you're just kind of going through the motions, staying active and continuing to move during this period of recovery. And then you'd go back into a limiter phase and you'd start the whole process over again until the next competition that person does. And, you know, you can uh, work backwards whenever that date is. So that's how I would balance your training calendar, training year uh, for an athlete. So uh, I really hope this was helpful in finding ways to balance structure versus variety. Hey, it's Ben again. And I want to take a minute to talk about our online training program, The Protocol. The Protocol is for athletes who want to train for the sport of fitness. It's programmed by me, and it's my best attempt at preparing athletes with varying strengths and weaknesses for the demands of the sport. And I do this through the use of silos, which basically means I segment parts of the program based upon athletes' ability in a particular area. So, for example, an element of the program this fall on Tuesdays and Thursdays was gymnastics-focused training. And there are four different silos, so athletes could choose to work on chest bars or muscle-ups or handstand push-ups or handstand walks. In other words, we are all doing the same core program, but there are ways to individualize it on a weekly basis. And as part of the program, I also include coach's notes, technique videos, and educational resources almost daily. My goal is to not just have this feel like you're doing a workout plan, but to feel like I'm actually coaching you through the process of becoming the best athlete you can be. And having access to the protocol is just part of the benefit of being a pro member. You also get instant access to the vault which is exactly like it sounds. It means that you unlock the ability to be able to download all the programs that I've ever written. So this includes things like Bulletproof Body, which is the accessory work for functional fitness, gymnastics density for the big five, functional thickness, work first muscle up, cyclical supremacy, overhead squat mobility, breath work for the support of fitness, and it could go on and on. And lastly, you get instant access to pro articles, which are on topics that I really want to safeguard from the public and keep for my athletes. Stuff like cycle speeds for CrossFit open movements, strength ratio data analysis, so basically determining your relative weaknesses on strength work, breaking down sanctionals programming or games programming, energy systems testing and analysis, and a whole lot more. And if this sounds like stuff that you're into, you can get a seven-day free trial of Pro. Simply head over to zorfitness.com slash pro. Thanks for listening. And as always, stay the course.